can be called forth as a young child. But you know, it's incubating. It's already in there. The seed of faith has been planted. The seed of faith is in there. And does it come from the mother? Does it come from the father? No, it comes from God. But we are the nurturers. We are the ones who provide the environment that that seed of faith can grow, that destiny can be called out over his life. Jess, you're calling it out every day. Rowan, you're calling it forth because it's incubating and growing. And so it is with all the families that are here today, whether mums and dads that are older. I have, um, we have uh, uh, three children. Uh, Daughter-in-law here today, Rondi, lovely to see you, and uh, the children. And um, so our, uh, our oldest daughter, Melanie, is married and lives in the city with two children. Our son is married to Rondi, and th- they have three children. And so I'm very blessed with five grandchildren. And um, I'm a wee bit like uh, Elizabeth. I've got Jesus in my heart and want to see them have Jesus in their hearts. And um, I'm, I'm pursuing that call with all of my heart as a grandmother, with all of my mind, and with everything within me. I want to see my grandchildren come through to honor and glorify God. We had three children under three. So I've done the hard yards. <laughs> When I see these girls here, I go, yeah, come on, you can do it. You can do it. And um, our youngest daughter, well, I already have one in heaven. So Caroline is in heaven. She, uh, at the age of 16, uh, was suddenly uh, died of a brain tumor. And so, but you know, God's taught me so much through those years. But I've, so I've been a... Um, I, uh, uh, a grieving mother. I've been a broken mother. I've been a desperate mother. But I've also known what it is to be an overcoming mother and to rejoice every day as I've gone into my senior years what God has given to me. So I'm going to um, pick it up from here. Well, Mm, that's prophetic anointing. (laughs) You've got children on your heart too. You've got a family. Family is very dear to you, Matt. And um, God is working in your family. He's working where you cannot see. There's times when you look and you think, oh God, what are you doing? Doesn't look like too much. But God is working. God is very intentional and very deliberate, and he's working amongst your family to bring them through into a godly, to, to, to draw through the godly heritage that you have begun, that you have pioneered, that God is on your case, and he will do what he has promised you to do. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, I'll pick it up from here now. Yes. Family was extremely um, prominent in my family. I came from a family of five. Uh, I had four brothers 
and um, family was very close to my heart. That's the, what my mother modelled to me. She modelled motherhood. And in those days, that's what she did. She was a mother. She was a full-time mother, and uh, she gave it all she had. And so that's what I brought through from her. So when I be- we were married, Morris and I were married, we had these three children. So I left teaching and raised these children, along with, of course, other- doing other things. And I realised... Um, yeah, I'm taking a bit of a different turn, but anyway, we'll just go with it. Um, so, <laughs> at, uh, yeah, so we raised these children up to the age of, um, you know, into their teenage years, and uh, that was all good, mostly. Mostly. <laughs> nothing too major. Nothing too major. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Well, when you've got a son, things are a wee bit different from having daughters. And so <laughs> we had some fun, and um, he had some friends, and they used to get up to some antics. One day, I can remember um, going down to the town hall. The fires used to come through Oxford and burn the forest down by the river, and the whole place would go on to fear alert. So we were out there in the town hall serving scones to the fire brigade and it was about half past one in the morning and uh, all our children were supposed to be in bed and, um, and I looked around and there was my son there. Half past one in the morning, I said, what are you doing here? He said, oh, well, we heard the fire brigade, so rang up my mate and well, here we are, <laughs> looking, they're running around the streets, getting part of the action, you know, and I thought, oh. So that was one of the surprises, but there's been many surprises. But I can remember, because of my family emphasis, when um, Caroline, uh, at 16, uh, suddenly... Uh, was diagnosed with this tumour and then died within three days of the operation. God began to expose a foundation in my life that was, I suppose, um, not aligned with truth. While I loved God, we'd been pastoring for 10 years out at Oxford Baptist Church, But in the loss of Caroline and in the deep grief I went through, I felt that my whole world had been broken. Now, I could reason it here. I could say, okay, I could reason it here and say, but I have a wonderful husband most of the time. I have two other lovely children who were well into their, that were 18 and 17. But I felt in me everything was broken. And God began to show me. He gave me a word out of John. I am hid in Christ. I am hid in Christ. And I began to realize that a lot of my foundation, my value, my sense of self-worth, my purpose. And while it was a very good purpose to have family as an emphasis and a priority, nevertheless, my life needed to be built on the Lord Jesus Christ. And through those months and year, next few couple of years, 
God began to shift my foundation. And where it was, it was built on, on family partly, God began to shift me into having my whole life built on the Lord Jesus Christ. So when my children were up, or my children were down, I could remain relatively steady because my life was hid in Christ. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ that lives within me. So I'm not drawing on my value, my identity, my success, how I feel about myself from my children, but I'm pulling it through that in Christ I live and have my being. And I've shifted, and God has shifted me and strengthened me and renewed my mind so I can sleep peacefully at night most of the time, regardless of what is happening around me. Can you say that? It's huge. It's huge. Not to be codependent on family life. As, tre as treasured and how as valued we are with our children. And I love them to bits, but I do not swing off them like I used to. Not as much. I'm not all there, but I'm, I'm a lot better than I was. All right, let's, I want to talk about mothers and expect the unexpected. And um, because that's what it's like. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring when you're a mother. You don't know what's, um, it's like walking into the unknown when your little child arrives there in the hospital or at home and you've got this baby and it's, it is unknown. It is new. And it's, goodness me, you know, there are times when we do feel absolutely blown out of the water and we don't know what to do. So, um, but we have a good example of this um, and we're going to look at um, uh, where is God in the unexpected? Where is God? And what does he, um, what role does he play when feel, things feel out of control? So I want to um, look at the life of Jochebed, Moses' mother. And the birth of, of um, so let's read from Exodus 2, verse 1 to 10. Reading of the birth of Moses. And of course, this was a time when, um, you know, uh, Jacob had been in, um, was, was earlier, came into Egypt, and, um, and Joseph was always already there in Egypt. He was ruling along with the Pharaoh, and uh, the generations died off, and, um, but still the Israelites within Egypt had grown strong, and they had grown um, up... Uh, they had multiplied, and so much so that even though they were slaves, they, they threatened the rulership of the king, um, the pharaoh there. And so he, he um, decided that he would uh, kill all the male babies and, um, by drowning them in the river. Now, we read that, and we just go over it, you know, and then we move on to the next part of this chapter. 
Now that's huge. You think about that. You think about being a slave. A slave. They had, they had been in, in slavery for 350 years, Israel. That's huge. 300, so they had a real slave mentality. They were impregnated with, I'm a slave, my father was a slave, my mother was a slave, my children will be slaves, and this is our lot. And into this environment and hardship, uh, Moses is born. Okay, now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister took, stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the river bank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his, mother, his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. So the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him for me, and I will pay you. So the woman, Jochebed, took the baby and nursed him. And when the child grew older... She took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Okay, here we see um, Jochebed uh, having the faith, because it says in Hebrews 11, verse 23, that by faith, and this is the faith chapter, this, she's named among the faith um, aristocrats of the Bible, <laughs> of our biblical history. And it says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Okay, so they were not afraid of the king's edict. What was it that, um, that in so inspired Jochebed that she could take this huge step of hiding little Moses and protecting him from, I don't know, the soldiers that wandered around checking out the Hebrew slaves to see if there were any boys there that needed to, get, to be got rid of. And, um, but there was something that she saw, perhaps it was the midwives that had, got, that had, um, that had allowed, earlier on in the chapter, it says that the midwives had been told not to let the baby boys die. 
But they went back to the Pharaoh and they said, listen, the, 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 he, the Hebrew uh, women are so strong and healthy that they're able to produce these babies very quickly. And we, we can't get there before they're, you know, they're born. And perhaps she saw something in the courage of the midwives. And I heard one of the young mums here today say that, you know, that she had been encouraged by another mum. And I think that's part of what we need to be doing is encouraging each other because faith builds on faith. We hear, we hear God uses someone else to trigger our thinking, to change our perspective. And we think, oh, I could do that. I could teach my child um, Bible stories now. You know, he is old enough. He can listen. And so something shifts within us. And uh, we are a community. And we encourage each other. See, the disciples, they were challenged about the choices that they were make. See, trials reveal who we are following by the choices we make. Chalkabed revealed who she was following by the choices she made. She followed what God had shown her because she had faith. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from God's word. God spoke to her so she was able to hear, which gave her faith to act. And so she, she carried on doing that. The, the, the disciples did the same. Again and again, they were told not to preach the word of God, not to tell the people about Jesus. The Sanhedrin said, stop it. And they said, no, we can't. It burns within us. We can't stop telling people about Jesus. We can't stop preaching. They were stoned. They were whipped. They were imprisoned. And still, they did not stop telling people about what they believed. And I want to encourage you that wherever your situation is, whether it's in our homes with friends or whether it's in our workplace as mothers, stand up for what you believe because we're living in a counter-Christian culture that will want to shut us down. Education wants to shut us down. Different departments of our government will want to shut us down. We need to speak up. Have we been flogged? Have we been imprisoned? Have we been stoned? What are we pulling through as mothers that give us courage that passes on courage to our children. Stand up. Second one, hard times don't erase God's promises, but prepare us to walk in them. Hard times don't erase God's promises, but prepare us to walk in them. It doesn't matter whether your children... Mothers are 5, 10, 20, 30, 40. You're still a mother. And you're still pulling through that promise of God over their life. Even when that has reversed, when it's turned away, God is with us. God was with Moses. 
God was, he went into the palace. He was raised in the palace. He was, um, he, he was 40 years in the palace. Then he killed an Egyptian and he fled into the desert of Midian. And he was there 40 years in Midian. He was 80 when he came back to lead Israel, the Israelites out of Egypt as their deliverer. You see, Moses' deliverance was formed in him. He had been delivered. He had been taken out of the water. His life had been saved. And out of what he had walked in, he became. He became the deliverer of Israel. Sometimes we've got to walk the walk more than we talk the talk. D.L. Moody said of, of Moses, he said this. He said, Moses lived 40 years in, e in Egypt in privilege and training, thinking he was somebody. He lived 40 years in the desert in Midian in solitude, being taught by God, learning he was nobody. And then he spent 40 years leading the children of Israel through the wilderness in trials and discovering what God can do with a nobody. And so often as mothers and as seniors, when we're looking at our children, we can be discouraged and despair at times. But it is God at work within them, shifting them from their training and their skill set and their cultural prowess into realizing that actually, God, without you, I am nothing. God, without you, I am nothing. And God allows us to go through circumstances and situations just like Moses did. Not that we need to look for them. They will come looking for us. And in that place, we are reduced. And reduced. But the cry of God comes out of our hearts. God, where are you? I thought you were with me. I actually thought I believed, but now, God, I don't know. And we're disheveled and confused. But in the process, we are realigned. And we begin to draw from a new foundation of Jesus Christ. In him we live and have our being. Do not be concerned about the unexpected because God, as he was with Jochebed, so he was with Moses, and he will pull through what he has promised. See, big tests don't block God's concern, but reveal him. Big tests don't block God's concern or his love for us, 
they just reveal him more. See, if, if the, the environment had not been so fierce, Jochebed's actions would not have been, had to be so desperate in rescuing her baby, putting it in the Nile, letting the Pharaoh's daughter come and be raised in the palace for 40 years. That's desperate. That's um, separation from your child. That's huge. Some of us have known that. We've known what it is to be separated from our children, broken because we can't see them. That's so prevalent in our society. But was God with Jochebed? What did she see? Is, uh, did she see Moses come back at the age of 80? Most probably not. So sometimes we're sowing into the next generation, not seeing the results, but trusting God that he is faithful. He's beyond me. He's outside of me. He's doing his work to bring through what he has promised. And so in the, in the, in the difficult times, in the hard times, in the trials and the testings, of whether it's earthquakes, massacres, job losses, all sorts of situations that come into our life, betrayal, disillusionment. God is with us. God is always with us. He is so faithful. And so we see him more clearly through the tragedies of my life and the crises. It has been God who has become more real more seen, and he has moved powerfully. And I'm just going to um, show, finish with this clip. Um, it's out from the. Uh, it's called "That's My King," and it's a. I just wanted you to sit back quietly and just take it in because this is the unveiling and the revealing of who our King Jesus Christ is. Let us just soak in this. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love.
That's my key. That's my key. The unveiling. The revelation. The opening up of the greatest king of all kings. God of gods. He was the God for Jochebed. He was the God for Moses and he will be the God for all mothers today and every day let's just pray wonderful God wonderful God Lord we soak in the knowledge of who you are and God all that you long to be for us daily but even the big picture takes us all the way through to heaven. Lord, to be with you forevermore. So Lord, we thank you for all that you've done today in all of our hearts. And we pray that we will act upon the knowledge that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's just stand and, um, yeah. I know God's been here, and I know he is here, and I know he's been speaking, and he's changing hearts. He's moving hearts. If you feel emotional today, it's not because you're just feeling a bit tired or overweary. It's because God's speaking to you. God's moving upon your heart. Respond. And uh, you're welcome to come forward and we'll stand with you in prayer and encourage you as we finish our service today. God bless you.
Spoke a 